Hey everybody, welcome into the weekly wellness podcast at My Pets Wellness. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, uh, my name is Kevin Crispin. I'm the chief of staff here at My Pets Wellness. I'm here with uh, Dr. Rodney, our director of wellness and growth. How are you doing, Dr. Rodney? I'm doing great. Great, great. Um, just for anybody who's new to the podcast, just kind of give you a rundown of what we do here. Um, obviously, My Pets Wellness, we're a veterinarian company. Uh, we, we have a huge focus on mental health and, and the mental health not only of our um, veterinarians, but also all of our staff. Um, and that's one of the reasons we have uh, Dr. Rodney on our team to help us keep a focus on a positive mental health and dealing with our issues. Um, so we, we basically, myself and Dr. Rodney, each week discuss um, some topics around that issue. Uh, and um, that's what we're going to do today. Um, I think we're going to talk about something that uh, you probably are familiar with. Um, maybe I am not as much. I had not heard this term a lot. You'll hear me say this a lot on this podcast. I had not heard the term X, Y, or Z until I'd gotten into the veterinary industry. And I had heard compassion fatigue, but I guess I never really spent a lot of time thinking about what that meant. Um, and it, I've heard it more and more when it comes to veterinarians. So kind of to start out, what is compassion fatigue? Compassion fatigue is very common when you're dealing with an occupation where you're in the helping industry, where we help people. It uh, is medical doctors, therapists, veterinarians. Um, we get into these occupations primarily because we have an interest in helping people. Right. We have some level of compassion and love in our life and our experience, and we want to share that with others. If you don't have compassion for others, you can't get into those kind of right. fields. You wouldn't yeah. be successful. You'd be miserable in the field. So we start out with an interest in helping others. Compassion fatigue is when our interest in helping others ends up hurting us because we're too focused on the needs of someone else and we start losing focus on meeting our own needs. Okay, that's interesting. So it kind of, it's almost like it, it circles back all the way around back onto you because you've given too much of yourself and thus you're bereft of it. Right. Yeah, okay. I'm so interested in showing care and concern for the other person in this particular industry for the family member of the pet who mm -hmm. brings their family member of the pet into us and the pet has a problem and we're trying to not only rescue the pet, but also rescue the feelings and the anxiety and the pain that the family member who brings the pet in yeah. feels. And so I'm doing this because I'm passionate about showing compassion to both the animal and to the owner. And that's primarily what we want to do. And yeah. A doctor wants to meet the needs of their patient and a therapist wants to meet the needs of the client. And so that's our primary focus. There's nothing really wrong with that. That's kind of what is expected of a doctor and a veterinarian and a therapist mm -hmm. and people in the helping industry. So we have to be aware of that and we wouldn't get into the field unless we had some awareness of that. Mm -hmm. However, when I lose focus on taking care of myself and I'm always compassionate taking care of everybody else, then it can become really problematic. Sure. It leads to that fatigue. It's actually a physical fatigue and a mental fatigue. And then that interrupts your opportunity to help others because you can no longer be functional and effective. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. And I think uh, uh, one thing of the many things that veterinarians and therapists share is uh, when the customer or the patient comes in, that person is like, okay, this is my time. I'm going to spend it speaking about what I need to speak about or we're going to address my pet's needs, etc. 
Uh, and I think we often, having been a patient of therapists for a long time, having had pets, I often forget, well, I'm just one of eight today. Right. And uh, so I'm able to really turn it up and just let it all out. But you, you or the veterinarian has to receive that eight times or however many times right. during the day. So in making sure that you are not overloading yourself with compassion fatigue, or excuse me, with compassion, getting to that fatigue point, how do you split it up throughout the day? Or how would you ad, um, advise people who do help people all day long how to split it up and make sure that you're not overloading yourself with all of each person's um, uh, questions and issues? Compassion for others is a positive trait. Any positive trait can be turned into a negative when I get so focused on that that I forget other responsibilities that I have, in this case, for myself. Yeah. I want to have compassion for the others. They expect that from me but I also have to have compassion for myself. And so the danger is when I get so focused on helping others that I'm no longer helping myself. Mm -hmm. I have so much compassion for others that I no longer have compassion for myself. That's when it becomes a serious problem and it can become very serious. So we do have to take care of their needs. That's what our job is. We have to have compassion for them, mm -hmm. but I can't lose sight of what I need. Mm -hmm. Because if I try too hard to spend so much time showing compassion to them that I begin to lose myself, I have a real bad issue. Because then, if, if I then get into the compassion fatigue scenario and I stop being effective in what I'm doing and I'm physically exhausted and mentally exhausted, right. now when the person comes in with their pet, I can't be compassionate for them because I have nothing left. I have mm -hmm. nothing less to give. Um, I guess an illustration I would like to use, sure. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. Have you ever been flying on a plane before? I have. You know, at the For this job. <laughs> it's the beginning of the flight. You know, you're yep. on your computer, on your phone, playing a video game. Sure. Or maybe you're looking at the crazy magazine with all the advertisements. Yeah. You're just trying to occupy your time until we take off, right? Yeah, that's correct. The flight attendants, you know, they're up there and they start their little routine. Yeah. Okay. And that's all about, you know life jackets and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But there's that section when they talk about what happens if the cabin loses pressure and you're running out of oxygen. What they tell you is there's going to be a mass that drops down from above you. Mm -hmm. And they always tell you, the first thing you have to do is put it on the person next to you and then you put it on yourself. Is that what they say? I, I think they say it the other way around. Exactly. Actually. Yeah. Because if you have so much compassion for the person sitting next to you, yeah. if you focus on them so much, you're going to lose oxygen and pass out. Then you're not in a position to put the mask on then. The correct way is I first take care of myself. I first put the mask on myself. Now that I have oxygen, now I can take care of you. That is a really good illustration. Yeah, so that, so if, if you don't do it that way, you're trying to help the other person, but then you pass out and die of a hypoxia. Uh -huh. And in the meantime, you didn't ever get it on them either. Now both of you are dead. I always have to take care of myself first. A healthy lifestyle is self-care. That's not selfishness. If I want to help others, mm -hmm. I have to be okay myself. Right. If I'm burned out, if I'm fatigued, if I'm totally out of my ability to show compassion for others because I'm so exhausted, which is what compassion fatigue is, I can't help anybody. Yeah. So the way out of this is my primary responsibility is I have to flip my thinking is not to really take care of them. I have to first take care of myself because it's only when I take care of myself 
and show compassion for me and have a proper schedule that I can control, that I can be in a position to help a person with a pet who's in trouble. Yeah. So. And are there general, I mean, we're all different people, but are there general things that you recommend for people to do uh, if they are starting to feel that emotional or physical fatigue, knowing that they're kind of entering into that compassion fatigue, things they can do for themselves. Uh, you mentioned schedule, mm -hmm. uh, maybe re-examine their schedule, think how, how are they performing their life outside of work? What type of things do you think, would you think of to kind of advise people on if you had any? Well, the first step I think I would say is to learn to say no. You know, it's not a hard word to say. It's just two letters, no. No. You know, a lot of people can't say no. They always say yes. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're no longer taking care of yourself because you're always saying yes to everybody else. Everybody knows that occasionally you have to say no. Yeah. But I know, have to know I need to say no. When I say no, that's a request I cannot meet or I can't do that right now. That's when I'm taking care of myself so that I don't reach that compassion fatigue and the burnout stage that comes with it. Um, it's a simple little thing, but um, we, you know, the American Psychological Association has this Bill of Rights for All Individuals. Uh -huh. On that very long list, two of the things they say is every person has a right to say no. The second thing they say is that you don't even have to explain why you say no, because you don't have to explain it. If I feel like there's something that I cannot do, it's a request I cannot meet, or if I feel like I'm getting compassion fatigue and losing my edge to help you, then I have to say no, and I don't have to explain it. I, I have a right to say no. They can get upset as much as they want and say that you're an uncaring person, but yeah. do you know that you're a caring person? Do you know that you have compassion for them? Uh, and that you want to help them? Well. Well, that, that leads to that, because if you don't, quote, know that, or you're not confident in that, then you'll be like, oh, okay, and you'll take that, right, and say yes. So then you lose the ability to direct your own life, and yeah. that person is directing your life. They're controlling you, and you're no longer in control of your life, yeah. because you always have to do what they ask you to do, because you have to be compassionate towards them, but then you lose that compassion for yourself. Do you understand that? I do. So I have two questions. Uh -huh. One... Um, as if maybe a veterinarian is thinking, but I can't say no to the customer. Uh, uh, how do I say no to a customer and still uh, follow the edict of I'm serving the customer, I'm serving the pet and the pet's mm -hmm. family and also take care of myself? Do you think that people could get hung up on the idea that, well, my needs should come second? Okay. See, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. You can't explain that because then if you try to explain, well, I can't do that because I'm so tired and fatigued, it's going to be a pity party and they're not going to respect that. Yeah. You just stay with the fact that I understand what you're asking me to do, but right now I'm unable to meet that request. I have other responsibilities I have to take care of. Yeah. That's just it. Okay. If they don't understand that, it's too bad. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so like if somebody comes in and says, I really need you to stay extra tonight. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, because I can't get my pet in early. I need you to, if you have compassion towards me and my pet, you're going to stay extra. Well, if that crosses you over the edge of effectiveness, or if there's another responsibility you have for a family member somewhere else, mm -hmm. I have to say, no, I'm not able to do that. Mm -hmm. Will they be upset? They might likely be upset. But if you try to explain it, if you say to them, well, uh, you know, I've got to get to my daughter's ballet recital. What they're thinking is what? 
Oh, your dog, that's more, a ballet, yeah. a dance is more important than That's more pet. important than my pet. Yeah. See, you can't go there. Good point. That's why the American Psychological Association says you don't have to explain it. Because when you explain it, you get into the weeds. Yeah. Because they're going to view it as, well, that doesn't sound as important to me as you're making that to you. And so what you're saying to me is I'm not important, which is not what you're saying. You have a right to say no and prioritize your life for you, your family, so that you can be there the next time that they need you. Okay. Now, of course, if you are in a position to say yes, would you say yes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have to say no, but I always have to say, if I say yes to this person, mm -hmm. is that going to be too much for me today? Which if I spend too much time taking care of these people today, then there's people tomorrow that won't get my services because I'm not going to be effective. I'm going to be too tired. Or maybe I'm going to have to call and say, I can't come in this morning because I'm just exhausted. And I imagine that is somewhat like a skill that you have to learn. Right? Exactly. If, you've, if you're somebody who's been saying, yes, okay, fine. I'll just deal with it and I'll figure that other stuff out later. It's not like you're going to immediately be able to be like, no, I'm not able to meet those needs. Right. It's, it's a process, right? It's a process. And, and you have to change your way of Easy thinking, like the Bob Dylan song. If you say yes to everybody, you will be there till midnight in right. many cases. Yeah, that's very true. If you say yes to everybody, you'll never make the ballet recital. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, right. And then who's hurt? Uh, the daughter. Your daughter. The daughter. Yeah. So Check ultimately, uh, I, I'm going to take a risk here with you. But okay. <laughs> yeah. Who's more important to you, your daughter or the client? Uh, well, my fake daughter is. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, of course. Obviously. My fa so it's about priorities. It's about priorities. It's not that you're looking down on somebody. It's like, I have to set these priorities for myself and what is healthy for me. <laughs> and in this case, this example, obviously my daughter is my priority. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Now let's play another game. Because you have to use your intelligence to think this through. And you've got to do it quickly. And it comes with experience. Yeah. So a client with a pet calls me up an owner and says, I really need to bring them in late. I think they're going to die. I do have a ballet recital to get to, but there's also one the next day. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now I'm in a bind. What am I going to do? You're the only person that can make that decision was which is more important to you. Mm -hmm. I might in that case say, well, okay, bring the pet in. Now, am I just not going to show up to the ballet recital? Well, no. Okay. So, while they're coming in, I'm going to make a phone call mm -hmm. home and talk to who? Your daughter. My daughter. Mm -hmm. And explain. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then she doesn't get shocked when I don't show up. So then she at least is heard, seen, you know, yeah. noticed. And um, they will usually be able to handle that. Now, I'm just giving examples of where I don't want you to go to the point where, well, if anybody asks me to stay over, I'm just going to say no because that's taking care of myself. It's a, it's a it's balance. It's a yeah. gray area. But you have to make those decisions. Where compassion fatigue sets in is when I can't say no, I always say yes, I always stay late. Mm -hmm. And then my family suffers and then I suffer. Right, because you're I giving all of yourself there right. and then you get home and there, there are people that you love very much that you want to give your compassion to as well, but you just aren't able, you're, right. you're depleted. In the helping field, whether it's a medical doctor, a therapist, or a veterinarian, mm -hmm. I always have to be concerned about if I do this, Am I going to be effective for those people tomorrow that need me? Get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's where the balance has to come in and where sometimes you have to say, no, I am not able to do that. 
I need to take care of myself. That's not what you're saying to them. Your mind's saying, I need to take care of myself. And I also have to be ready to do this all over again tomorrow. And that goes back to something we talk, we've talked about on previous episodes, which is that perspective that you need. And right. I think, excuse me, in this, excuse me, in the healthcare situation or in the compassion industry, right? Mm -hmm. um, you sometimes probably have to learn that, yeah, okay, I have to be this compassionate every day. And maybe mm -hmm. when you're saying yes all the time, you're, you have to change the way you think. So I, I just think it's, it's very interesting um, that that comes back also again to perspective. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, one last question I want to ask you is you said physical and mental fatigue. Mm -hmm. um, we have talked in the past about stress and, and mm -hmm. things like that. So with the physical fatigue, what, what is causing the physical fatigue from compassion? Is it your own, uh, excuse me, compassion fatigue? Is it your own, the weight that you're putting on yourself mentally and that's just causing you to kind of cow under that? Or Yes, it's the stress that's being created by the overall situation. And so you end up in physical fatigue because that stress has an impact upon your body in a multiple different ways. Right. So it's not that you're tired. Your body is physically wearing out and unable to continue to do what it needs to do. So, you know, it, it's, it's really more that scenario that leads to the physical fatigue. The mental fatigue is related to that, but somewhat different. The mental fatigue is that the entire situation is getting so stressful that I can't even make a decision as what's right right now. And I'm, I can't think, but I need to be able to think in order to do what I'm supposed to do. So if you recognize that you have mental fatigue going on as well as the physical fatigue, the pet is in trouble. But if they come in and you're not able to mentally do what you need to do because mm -hmm. you're brain is not able to engage in that process of even understanding what I need to do to help this pet. Are you actually helping them or are you hurting them? You'd be hurting them. Yeah. Okay. Now, again, these are not conversations you have with them and an explanation as far as why you make the decision. They'll never understand it. That's where you're going to get into trouble if you try to explain it. You just say, no, I'm not able to do that. They're going to be mad. But that's their issue that they have to work through. As long as you know that I do have compassion for that person with that pet, but I also have to have that compassion for myself and my physical and mental well-being, that's when I'm going to say no. Mm -hmm. And if they don't like it, that's their issue that they have to work through. I might lose somebody at the clinic that no longer wants to come there, but I'm going to have eight more people tomorrow right. that I'm going to be able to meet their needs and they're going to keep coming. Exactly. It's and you're unfortunate that I can't meet that person's need right now. Yeah. If you always say yes, you're going to get into a situation where physically and mentally you are worn out and can't keep going. And now yeah. you're going to die and they're going to die <laughs> because you run out of oxygen in the plane. I got to take care of who first? Me. Me I got to put it on my That's face. That's not first. selfishness. I can't help somebody else until, until I first help myself to be in a position to help them. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's a, I think it's a really good summation of mm -hmm. the whole thing. It, it kind of where we go and uh, what we can do to help address it mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe stave it off in the future. So um, I think it's a good stopping point. So uh, appreciate your time today, Dr. Rocky, sure. as always, sir. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next week here on the My Pets Wellness Weekly Wellness Podcast. And thank you so much for joining. Later.